Welcome to the Derek Prince Ministries podcast, helping you to grow stronger in God. For more than six decades, best-selling author and Bible teacher Derek Prince has been a source of inspiration for millions of believers around the world. You too can benefit from his compelling biblical insights. And now, Derek Prince. This week I'm continuing with the theme that I commenced last week, Facing the Future. In my talks last week I explained that the source to which we are looking for our knowledge of the future is the Bible. Predictive prophecy is a major element in the total revelation of the Bible. The Bible definitely claims to predict the future with authority and accuracy, and it has a record of proven correctness extending over many centuries. I also explained last week that it's very important that we face the future with the right attitude. I shared three basic facts of Scripture that should determine the attitude with which we face the future. The first, we are waiting for Christ, not Antichrist. The second, Christ already reigns as King of the universe and will continue to do so forever. The third, Christ shares his authority with his believing people and makes continuous victory possible for us always, everywhere. On the basis of these three facts, it's clear that we should face the future as optimists and not as pessimists. In my talks this week, I'm going to deal with the signs of the end of the age. From many different prophetic passages of Scripture, the Bible presents a composite picture of what the world will look like as the present age draws to its close. It picks out and puts together various significant events or trends, which in combination will make the days immediately preceding the end of the present age a unique and distinctive period of human history. In my talks this week, I'll be singling out some of the main elements in the Bible's picture of the condition of the world in these closing days of the age and presenting them to you. As far as possible, I'll present this picture to you in an objective way, and I'll leave it to you to compare the picture I present with the scenes that you yourself actually see in the world around us today. For the first element in the Bible's prophetic picture of these closing days, we'll turn to the words of Jesus in Luke 17, verse 26. Jesus says, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. A direct comparison between the days of the Son of Man, that's the days prior to the return of Jesus, and the days of Noah. So we need to find out what the days of Noah were like. And for a description of the days of Noah, we'll turn now to Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 12, and pick out the main elements. We'll begin with the first four verses of Genesis chapter 6. Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. 
Personally, I believe the Scripture makes it clear that the sons of God there and elsewhere is a designation of the angels. So we have a picture of beings from another plane, a supernatural plane, a plane above the level of the earth, angelic beings coming down and having sexual relationship with the daughters of men, with human women. Then we read on in verse 3 and 4, then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. We see that when this began to happen, God set a definite time limit to the period for which he would tolerate this kind of unnatural relationship. Then we read on in the next verse, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Now, the word Nephilim is a Hebrew word, and it's directly related to the Hebrew verb to fall, which is nafal. So the Nephilim means the fallen ones. Again, it's clear to me that it means fallen angels. The Nephilim, or the fallen angels, were on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God, that's the angels, came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So we see a picture of unnatural relationship between fallen angels from the heavenly realm and human women. Now, some of you may find that somewhat surprising or astonishing or hard to receive. But I was educated in the classics in Britain, in Latin and Greek for many, many years. And I have really no difficulty in believing that because the history and the mythology of both Latin and Greek, the Greeks and the Romans, are just filled with myths and stories of people whom they called gods, but whom we would call fallen angels, having sexual relationships with human men. There's the famous story of Zeus uh, coming to Leda in the form of a swan, and so on. And uh, out of those unnatural relationships were born men whom the Greeks called heroes, men of renown, it calls them in this passage. So the description of the Bible is in here in full accord with the evidence of Greek and Roman mythology. So to sum it up, we have a penetration of human life on earth by a different order of spiritual beings, Nephilim, fallen ones, fallen angels, and unnatural sex relationships producing so-called heroes. That's the initial picture of the specific conditions of the age of Noah. I believe we could perhaps sum it up in a phrase like this. In the time of Noah, there was intense pressure and penetration of the human race from the occult realm, from an unseen spiritual realm. Continuing on with the description of the world in Noah's day, we move on to Genesis 6, 5, where it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Here the emphasis is on man's inner experience, what's going on inside the mind and the heart of man, and it says his imagination, his thoughts, his intentions were all evil. I could sum that up perhaps in the phrase, universal corruption of thought life. Everything had been contaminated, images, speech, concepts. They were all permeated by something impure and unclean. Then, going on further in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, 
Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. That's the next distinctive feature of the age of Noah. The earth was filled with violence. There was apparently a sudden upsurge of crimes of violence. Men became violent in their acts and their attitudes. Violence was a feature of their life that was accepted as commonplace. And then in the next verse, Genesis 6 verse 12, we have another aspect of the days of Noah. It says, God looked on the earth and behold it was corrupt. Incidentally, I would suggest that, that one word corrupt probably sums it all up as well as any one word could. Then it goes on, Behold, the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. I understand that to mean that there was a total corruption of all the kinds of relationships that we associate with the flesh, primarily and particularly that the sex life and relationships of the time had become corrupted and unnatural. But could sum it up in the phrase sexual corruption and perversion. So if we put those pictures together, we can single out four distinctive aspects of the days of Noah. And as I go through these again now in recapitulation, I'm inviting you to consider how far the same is true of our society and our culture all around us today. First of all, there was intense pressure and penetration from the occult realm. There was uh, relationships that were unnatural between beings of different orders, spirit beings from a higher realm and human beings on earth. Secondly, there was universal corruption of thoughts. Thirdly, the earth was filled with violence. Crimes of violence increased dramatically. Fourthly, there was widespread sexual corruption and perversion. How does that match up with our society and our culture today? Do we see today an increasing penetration of normal human life by occult forces and influences? Is there a tremendously increased influence on the occult? Do we find that men's thoughts are being corrupted, that language is degenerating, that everything's filled with impure and unclean images and suggestions? Do we see, thirdly, the earth filled with violence? Obviously, the answer to that question is yes. And fourthly, do we see sexual and corruption and perversion around us in an ever-increasing measure? I'm going to leave it to you to meditate on those features of the days of Noah and ask yourself, are the days in which we're living coming more and more like the days of Noah? Thank you for listening. For more inspiring teaching, visit our website at dpmuk.org forward slash podcast. And like our page at facebook.com forward slash dpmuk to join our online community. Derek Prince, teaching you can trust.